So what do you got left in your draw? Your I only got I only got charges wrong, but I would have in the next round the whoever won that game they weren't gonna win. So I've got Bills and Chiefs winning. And I've got Eagles. 49ers? 49ers winning, yeah. Yeah. So my only wrong one was Minnesota. Fucking hell. Like, Oh, uh, I was confident on Giants. I just was pissed off by the Chargers. The shit ass. <laughs> yeah, there's only 144 perfect ones left in that NFL Australia thing. Yeah, that's not surprising. Yeah. Between the Jags and the Giants, that really throws it out there, hey? Yeah, I reckon it would have fucked a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> it shows why it's so hard to do those, like, and especially those like March Madness ones. They'd be oh, so cool. No chance in March Madness. It's so big. Like, you yeah. just genuinely got no chance. And there's more upsets. Like, I, I was like, I thought I just haven't rated Minnesota really that all much this season. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about it that I just like. Their schedule, I, I didn't think was that good looking back at it. They had one decent win against oh. someone pretty good. And then outside of that, I didn't think it was crash hot. Yeah, no, they're not good themselves. But I think like when I'm, I don't know, something about like the Giants where I just don't believe in Danny Dimes that much. Like it's just, yeah, he was I don't good, know. What, yeah, you're I right. Like, I don't know what it is. Yeah, There's yeah. something about him, yeah. But their defense <laughs> is good. Yeah, no, they'll be good. All right, let's tuck into it, hey? Yeah. <sighs> All right. Wherever you listen throughout the world, it's football time. Welcome back to the Gridiron, guys. Your home of the NFL, south of the equator. Uh, we're back after a huge weekend of the playoffs. It's just mind blowing some of these results. Uh, I know some of us are pretty shocked with how it's gone. And look at some of the seesawing games, I believe. Just thinking about it, man, it was a good weekend, hey? <laughs> oh, it was an excellent weekend. Like, I think most games than more than not delivered this weekend. I think we kind of thought, oh yeah, some of these guys probably have scraped in by the barrel like the, the by their teeth, but I think every game actually delivered. I think even the Dolphins, who was probably everyone expected to get blown out, had a genuine chance to win that game with Skylar Thompson at quarterback and and then we found the upset in the Giants, I think. Well I mean, yeah, I mean some people didn't think upset, some people thought upset, but rankings wise definitely an upset. Yeah, for sure. No. I, I think it was a big one. I suppose should we start from the beginning? You know, maybe the the 49ers game. I mean, that was it was good. The Seahawks, they, you know, played with the 49ers for the first couple of bits, didn't they? That first half they took the lead. Geno Smith looked like he's playing well. He dropped that deep dime down to um DK, wasn't it, to finish the half. But then Brock Purdy, man, he just came out and ran a riot, didn't he? Oh, he was absolutely excellent. Was this I mean, was this the one where one of their players sort of hit someone late? And then they got like a nice little penalty to get them into the lead at halftime. Was this that game? Uh, yeah, might be. I don't yeah, know. I think- See, this is this was the ones where I was like, I knew 49ers was going to flog them, and mm. um, I was confident the Chargers were going to win. So I actually went off and watched Avatar over that time. So that was like, <laughs> so I like disappeared. And you know how when you go away for like a big movie, it's like that was like three hours. That's long. Yeah, and you know, like when you go away and like the whole world just seems to like change completely as soon as you get out and you're like, holy shit, what's happened here? And like you yeah, get out and there's like messages out. everywhere. I'm like walking yeah. out. 
And I get all these messages of like, what the fuck are the charges done? And I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's so wacky when something like that happens. But yeah, I think look, looking at that, I'm just looking at play by play. There was, yeah, unnecessary roughness. And that pretty much led them. I mean, they only had completed, what, two passes or one pass in that and then ended up getting the field goal to put him in front. But yeah. Purdy, Purdy turned one on in the second half. I think 49ers fans were a bit worried. Oh, we didn't play that well in the first half. But Seattle, credit to them, were pretty handy in that first half. And I think the cream just rose to the top at the end. Yeah, they just wore him down, didn't they? Oh, and they're really getting, it looks like they're really getting Christian McCaffrey involved. Like, I, as I said, I, I didn't see the game live, but I rewatched a bit of it. Um, and you can just see the way that they're using McCaffrey, you know, through the run and even through the air every now and again as well. Mm. He's just getting so they're just putting the ball in his hands. And I think that's probably the easiest thing you can do when you've got like uh, an offense like that between like Christian McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, and all those guys, even like, um, like even Kyle Juszczyk. Like he, he's oh. a fullback, but he still provides so much to an offense, doesn't he? Um, and I just think, you know, putting the ball in these guys' hands and letting them sort of play ball. And that's where they're sort of getting the run through, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's massively. And I guess looking like, I guess you can look at the play by play here and, the second half really fell apart pretty quickly, I guess. Touchdown straight away for the 49ers. Then it was a fumble for Seahawks, which led to another touchdown. Then a punt after four plays, so nearly a three and out. Another mm. touchdown, interception, Seahawks, like field goal. So they've turned, what, three, four drives into 24 points, and the others have only managed an interception, a fumble, and four plays. Like... If that doesn't scream to you like it's just a capitulation, it could be on one on the defense for San Fran. Like their defense probably turned one on as well. But I guess the offense got a roll and they got good field position. Yeah, and they just put that scoreboard pressure on. And I think that then, you know, forces a team like the Seahawks to rush through and, you know, yeah. try to play catch up football. And I think as good as Gino and, you know, like Kenneth Walker and those guys have been this year, I think when you put them in that situation against a really good defense, like you mentioned at the 49ers, mm. uh, that's when the mistakes started to appear, you know, the hurry-ups, and, and it just wasn't able to, you know, come back and, and, and claw back that score for them. No, and I think that's kind of what we expected. We saw the NFC West matchup, and we thought 49ers just sort of hit a – they're on a streak. They're playing really oh, well. Yeah. Everyone thought, when oh, Brock Purdy's in, that's not going to work. The man's playing really well. Now, I don't think they're going to go all the way under him. I, I, I have serious doubts. But they I took care know. of business here. They took well. That's yeah. The thing. yeah like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm still on the fence, but I'm I'm leaning towards no. I I don't think they can take the NFC with him under center. Yeah, I I don't like. It's interesting because you sort of look at the NFC and it's not quarterback heavy. Like, what do we got? Daniel mm. Jones, Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy, um, and you know Dak Prescott, who has been atrocious in playoffs years gone mm. past. So all fairly, you know, new to this area of the. The pre-season, uh, post-season, sorry. I, like, obviously, I don't think Brock Purdy long-term is going to be like the GOAT. You know how they're comparing him to, like, Tom Brady and things like oh, that. He's, God, certain, yeah, he's certainly yeah, not that. Yeah. yeah, Just because he's, like, a late draft pick and, you know, he's come in, you know, there's the yeah. saviour. I think he can probably do really well this year. And for me, I think it puts the 49ers in a really good spot because, essentially, they're not going to play Garoppolo this year, clearly. Like, they've got to stick with Brock Purdy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, here he goes. And I think they turn around next year and they've got between him and Trey Lance. And I think they're in a really good spot because they can develop both of those guys early on. So look, possibly Brock Purdy could go all the way. I mean, you can't discount this, but I think going forward, they've got a really good tandem here um, and that they can sort of balance off. So I think regardless of what happens going forward, Mm. I think they're going to be in a really good spot either way. Yeah, I think they are. If if you were the 49ers and 49ers fans, if you get to the NFC Championships or even the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy, 
How much pressure does that put on Trey Lance next season? Oh, immense pressure. Like, they have invested so much in him. Mm-hmm. Like, he's clearly the guy that they want yeah. to put in number one, right? Yeah. Long term. So, I suppose, I don't like for him, I feel bad for him because he hasn't really been able to go out and play at all. You know, the first year he was under so much scrutiny about put him in, put him in, put him in. He had a couple of goes, a couple of false starts. Then this year, he just didn't even get a chance at all. Um, and it's been, you know, between Garoppolo and Purdy, the saviors. So, like, it's just going to heap it on him. And I suppose if he comes out and he's not able to sort of turn it on, you can see those guys are just going to flip on him pretty quickly, I reckon. Well, yeah, and I guess that's right. Like, if you look at how the 49ers are set up, it's, I mean, it's helped. We we don't know what these quarterbacks are going to do in another system. This system has worked for Garoppolo, has worked for Purdy, is what we believe. Whether they could do it elsewhere, I don't know. But if it doesn't work for Trey Lance, then I, I guess what does that say about him? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that either he can't work with a really simple system, which is what they're running. Like, they are hmm. running basically – um, a pretty straightforward offense, which works. Um, mm. I mean, you watch you watch Purdy, he just makes easy throws. They just create easy lanes for him. They're not doing anything really tricky or anything like that. And it's just simple football. And I mean, that's the thing. Like, yes, okay, maybe it is just simple football, but you've still got to defend it. And these guys are doing it at such a high level that no one's able to defend them. So I think if Trey Lance can't even come and do them, then probably he's not even, you know, he's he's probably not ready for the NFL. Yeah, well, that, that 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 begs the question. I think that's going to be a huge question mark on next season. I think the people who are waiting, myself included, are waiting for Purdy to fall, and that may not happen. But I think when it happens, like the dogs will come. I think people will come at him and say, like, if he bottles it and really struggles, like they'll just have him. Yeah, but I think even if he does bottle it, he can always just lean on the fact that it's like, well, I'm, you know, a seventh-round draft pick. What did you expect? Oh, like, <laughs> Yeah, I completely agree. And I think they, he shouldn't get picked on for that, but I think that they'll, they'll use that against him. But, look, 49ers fans are pretty brutal. They're pretty cutthroat, so <laughs> it, it's, it's a hard place to play in. No, i got to love the Bay Area. They just love their success, don't they? Um, mm, oh, yeah. But look, as I said, moving on, the next game was the Chargers-Jags. And now, as I said, halfway through, I was oblivious to what was going on. Um, And then I started checking scores. And it really became a thought process to me when I saw what was going on. Chargers got out to a big lead. And then the Jaguars started to claw back. And it was sort of a... I think I started watching and you sort of looked at it and you went, well, they they won't do this, will they? They might actually do this. And then as it kept going on further and further... The the Chargers just had no control in that second half. Mm. Oh no, they didn't. You're absolutely right, and, and it, it's a funny one this one because I guess try like if you look at the two halves split apart, you don't see the result of the second half, or you don't see what happens after yeah. the first half. Like Trevor Lawrence is either an absolute god or he's an absolute spud, and I think they both sort of even each other out because he put him in such a shit position, but he also did get him back. I guess because he played like that in the end. We're only talking about that. I think yeah. the Chargers' second half, like there, there's got to be a lot to be said about only scoring three points and yep. the defense letting in 31 points. Like that's piss poor on both accounts. So where does the blame lie? I think almost the biggest thing that I saw was their ball control on the offense. Like they mm. ran no clock. I think there was about four or five drives there where they went three and out, three and out. And they weren't even really running it either. So there was no clock being used. Like they would just drop back to look for passes and things like that. So there'd be incompletions. You wouldn't take any time off the clock. So it, it really gave the Jaguars like the most possible time to get this 30 points back as well. I mean, 
and I love Eckler. Like he's a really good back. You saw he was the number one fantasy player of the year, all that jazz. But realistically, when you sort of look at him, he's not a big power back, is he? And it's not someone that you would be, say like if you're in a commanding position and you just want to run clock and basically, okay, if you go three and out, at least we can drag two or three minutes off each time just yeah. by just by pounding some guy and trucking nut three or four yards each run. And they don't have that. And I think that was, you know, the most telling part of their loss uh, was that they could not, one, control the ball, but could not control the clock as well. No, and they really struggled there. But, yeah, I think I'm struggling to find where, like, the, like I mean, Staley's going to be on the hot seat here. That's going to be a big yeah. question mark going to the offseason. They're backing him, and a lot of players do, and Herbert loves him. But, I mean, how much lays on Herbert there as well? If you, can, As you said, you can't get a drive going. You can't even t- tear any clock away. Like, you've got a 27-point lead, and you've let it in eat away over the course of a half. Yeah, you've scored 27 in a half, so it's possible. But with a def- like a lead to defend like that, you, you, there's got to be more done. Like you, you can't just put up three points. But yeah, I think credit has to go to Doug Peterson and Lawrence. I think Lawrence's second half was excellent. He was very good, but that first half, I mean, if you come up against a better side, that's game over. Yeah, and I, and I mean, look, as you said, credit to him because you know to pull yourself out of the doldrums like that and go from turning around what four interceptions to then throwing like what did he throw two or three or something in the second half like. He just led them from the front, I think. And I, I really liked as well Christian Kirk. He had a good game. He looked really yep. safe, didn't he? Like he was really controlling. He made some good catches. And again, it just comes back to the thought. I think we were talking about it last week. It, like it really, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter how much you paid him because now that you have him, it's kind of all worth it, isn't it? Because he's making those critical catches at the right time. Correct. Yeah. Look, people were saying he's overpaid, but for what? Like he he made crucial catches, as you said, in the right parts of the game. He was found where he needed to be. They needed yards. They needed first downs, and he came up clutch. He absolutely scorched some blokes and just found himself in the great positions. But yeah, look. I mean, looking at the box score here. Look, I, I didn't watch the whole game, but looking, Keenan Allen. I don't know if it was drops. I don't know if it was bad passing, but like thirteen targets for six catches. Yeah. Josh Palmer six targets for two catches. There's issues here, whether it's the passing or whether it is drop balls. Like, yeah, that'd be a frustrating time if you're a Chargers fan. I think that must have been a very frustrating game to watch. But I guess if you look on the other side of the ball, like Lawrence threw it 47 times for only 28 completions. Four of those went to the other team. But, yeah, I don't know. I'd love to actually go back and watch his game knowing the final score and sort of like looking it further into some of these throws and like where the sort of the issues came up. Yeah, so it sort of makes you think like whether it's actually like a lot of good play on the defense or it was just bad yep. play on the offense. Like this was just like a comedy of errors almost. Like of just... yeah, exactly. Well, that's it exactly. It's not as if the the offense was absolutely firing and they were unbeatable. It's yeah, you're right. Like there's uh, problems with the off defense and they just schematically got it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> big time. But- yeah, it was exciting. I I think if you're a fan of football and I think you're watching this game, like it doesn't matter if you're following either of these teams, if you were just enjoying it for the game, like the comeback was sensational. And I guess this is what playoffs is about. It's set up for a good weekend. Yeah, it's cool. And, it, and I suppose it brings light back to Jacksonville. Like the last time they were in the playoffs, I mean, they made that amazing run to the AFC champs with Blake mm-hmm. Bortles of anyone. So, yeah. I mean, if they could do it again and knock off a few giants while they're going the way through, I think, you know, it'd be a pretty fun story for them. Uh, you just yeah, like I mean, you like when these minnow teams win. I don't know about you, but I, I just enjoy when the little guys win. 
Yeah, it's one of those teams, like, you look around the league and you're like, it's a team that not many people hate. They don't love them, but, like, they're a team that no one hates because they're never really successful. So once they do yeah. get success, people either knock them down or they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for them to win. I just don't want them to win the whole thing. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a great turnaround. I mean, two years in a row, they're, what, the worst team in the whole league and yeah. they've got a playoff win. I think the turnaround that that franchise has had is, is really unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. So... I mean, huge um, credit to them. They go on what they play the Chiefs now. So I think that's going to be, this is going to be one of those games where if you're, you know, throwing four interceptions, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, correct. I think if you give someone like that too much ball, I I think Mahomes will put you away pretty quickly. Yeah. But I mean, speaking of like a a poor matchup, Bill's, the Dolphins. That was wild. I mean, like I had I had completely written the Dolphins off. Obviously, Ooh. no tour, um, which I thought was good too, because you know, staring down the face of like, you know, could he play? Could he not play? Maybe yes, and a playoff win. Um, I think it was a good call to sit him, you know, just because of head noise and that. And it's just good to see Mike McDaniel's doing the right thing for him. Oh yeah, it certainly was. I think I think there would have been a lot of scrutiny come if they just put him out on the field and if anything got any worse than that. So, look, they did the right thing. And as you said, the team performance was pretty solid in terms of losing by three points to a Buffalo team that is very good. Um, The end of that first half was absolutely wild. I think the place (laughs) that they came back from, got an interception, touchdown, like they just, I mean, it just brought excitement to the game. And the second half had its ups and downs. Um, I guess we always thought Buffalo kind of had that edge over them just going forward. We thought, oh, yeah, they're coming back now. They're backing within three. But Buffalo just always sort of just had that enough to get it done and get it across the line. Yeah. Well, I th- I certainly think it showed some shortcomings in the Buffalo defense especially. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys just, I don't know, they haven't been able to sort of hold people out. And you can see once a team gets a roll on them, they can get really frustrated and rattled easily. And I think that can really shake them to their core. And if you're able to get under their skin, you can really put them to the sword. And then we saw it flowing onto the offense as well. You know, Josh Allen, not normally a cool head, but I think mm. there were times there where he looked like he was about to lose his shit. And I mean, those couple of interceptions were just really poor decisions because they were trying to make up for what he thought were shortcomings on the defense. Yeah, oh, absolutely did. And look, again, their their run game is is really lackluster. So I mm. think if a team can really prey on that and sort of have a good secondary to hold their passing in, they're every chance to beat Buffalo because the rushing game just isn't what it is. But, I mean, Diggs, Gabe Davis turns up in big games. Yeah. They both were excellent. Um, I mean, talk, you talked about defense a second ago. For them, how much of a loss does Von Miller add to their Super Bowl-like title chase? Oh, huge. And I think he's like he hasn't even been there that long. No. But you could just see what they were doing when he was there. And then now that sort of pass rush. I mean, it's good, but it just I, I think it just adds that extra element. And you saw it last year. I mean, we talked about it like a at the start of the year. Like you could see what it did to Aaron Donald when he lost Von Miller. Mm-hmm. And I think it just adds that extra dimension that, you know, an offensive line has to think about. And now they don't have to worry about that really. It's like it's so one-dimensional that you can really cover it quite easily. You can double the right guys. Whereas if you've got a guy like Von Miller who's so versatile, can move between sort of the the line and working back into the secondary and things like that, um, it's just it's it's a whole other thing you've got to think about, and it can just rattle people. Oh, I think I think it for me, and it kind of goes with a couple of different players. How much emphasis an edge rusher slash offensive linebacker 
has pass rusher or if you, whatever you want to call them, gives to a team because I think we saw TJ Watt when the Steelers didn't have TJ Watt, they really struggled. So I guess mm. when TJ Watt comes back in, their record was phenomenal because the second and third pass rushers don't then become one and two and then have the best blocker on them. And it's the same for the Bills. I guess these guys who probably were doing really well at the start of the season are now starting to regress a little bit. They're getting less sacks. They're getting less pressure on the quarterback. So their secondary is under more pressure. So I guess the flow-on effect is amazing and it shows how much how much value these guys have in the game and you can see why they get paid so much. Yeah, and this is just one dude as well, like towards the back end of his career. Like, and mm. so not not everyone's going to be like that, but I think certainly if you can get just one stud like that to roll through. I mean, what about like Miles Garrett? Like, he was supposed to have the biggest year, and then Jadavion Clowney sort of disappears, and he ends up having a bit of a shocker, to be honest. Well, like, he's pretty good, but you know, it it really certainly takes a toll. Oh, it certainly doesn't. I think yeah, some guys really benefit from the fact of other guys being present on the field. And Von Miller, I think, is one of them. I think I think I've tipped Buffalo. I think I believe I've tipped Buffalo to go all the way, but I'm, I have a few doubts after the game on the weekend. But I mean, that doesn't paint a full picture of the team. Yeah, I think it's going to be hard for them because they're obviously going to get in a shootout every game. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And yeah, I think it's dependent on whether they're going to have you know if they're going to have first serve or if they've got a chase. It really looks like they struggle when they're chasing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. I think they've got to play from in front. Allen's going to, as you said, made a few errant throws when he was playing from behind, and I think their panic was there because they need passing to get down the field. I think their rushing doesn't really get them down the field, doesn't get them first downs as often as they need them, yeah. and the defense isn't playing as well as they possibly could. So, Who's running for them? Is that Naheem Hines? or uh, Singletary still is running. I think they've got Hines there, but they didn't yeah. use him at all. They used James Cook for, I mean, the average. Well, Singletary wasn't too bad, 4.8 yards a carry. Yeah. James Cook only 3.3. So Allen has a bit of a rushing element to him as well. He, he wasn't too bad, but they didn't mm. use him all that often. So, yeah, if a team can shut it down, I mean, yeah, it, it makes it really difficult. Absolutely. Moving on, we've got the, uh, two more NFC games in the last AFC game. Probably look at the Giants v. the Vikings. This one, again, was probably going to be a bit of a toss-up, but the Giants come away after what I think was – well, I don't think the Vikings were ever really in it, but they certainly bottled it towards the end, didn't they? They did, and I think if we rewound back to our game last – our chat last week, I think we said – Jags charges was going to be a coin flip and it could be anything. And it played that way. And we said, mm. I think this could be the biggest banana peel game for a high ranked team. And look, it, it did play out that way. And I don't want to say like I, I predicted it, but I did like the giants. I don't think Vikings are as good as what people said. And I think their record suggested that. Yeah, they were, they were lucky in a lot of games. I mean, cousins did well in terms of leading, I think what 11 comebacks in the last quarter, potentially. Yeah. And like, I guess that doesn't always play out for you. If you're playing a better team, a better defensive team, that really works. And I think Giants put together a great game plan, whatever they were doing, and the offense played really well. I think Daniel Jones is looking excellent at the moment. Like for what his capability is, I think he's reaching a good ceiling. And Barkley's just playing unbelievably. Yeah, like what was going on with Danny Dimes? It was like the spirit of Eli Manning just come back through him through those old days. Like this was like peak peak Manning style back there he was absolutely dropping it and he could actually run like he ran it both oh. on the air and the ground like it was just it was ridiculous I I don't know why but I just cannot seem to appreciate Danny Dimes like I've always just thought him as a bit of a joke of a quarterback yep. but like and and every single fiber in my body doesn't want to like him but it, you keep watching him and he keeps turning up and he keeps doing stuff like this 
I don't know. I might actually have to enjoy him soon. Yeah, look, he. I think he proved a lot of people wrong. And it always baffles me when you look at him and he was a sixth overall pick. I think mm. I always forget that the Giants were happy to use a sixth overall pick on this guy. And it's starting to pay dividends. Like, Dayball's obviously an excellent coach. He's come in and done such a fantastic job. I, I like Wink Martindale. I think the defense really benefited from him. I really liked him when he was in Baltimore. Um, but, yeah, I think the resurgence of Saquon Barkley is probably the best thing that's happened for them this year. Certainly helps, doesn't it? Again, adds that extra dimension to the attack. You know, takes the load off. If he's able to come in, and as you sort of said, he can control a little bit more Carney because he can break out for those big long runs. But then if you need like a power back, the fucking tree trunks legs can come in and just absolutely torch the offensive line, can't it? Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, 100%. So Vikings, another miserable season ending for them. Giants move on. I mean, the NFC East... We said that we thought they were going to be horrible. They were horrible previous years, and then they've got three out of the four teams remaining. Yeah, it's crazy. And to think like Washington were pretty much just on the cusp of getting in as well. So, like, it's it's funny how that can sort of flip, can't it? Because it was oh, only crazy. a year ago that they were, like, awful. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, you're flipping it around, and you've got, like, divisions like the NFC South are now taking over, to be honest. So, uh, it's, it's just um, swings and roundabouts, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it is. But look, I, I'm kind of happy for the Giants. I, I, I quite like that they've progressed. I think they may get held up pretty quickly this weekend. I'm not sure, but the good win for them, and, and it's good to see New York football's back. Yeah, I don't know. I was always a New York Jets guy, to be honest, before Giants, but <laughs> <laughs> that's just me. Yeah. Oh, look. Yeah, yeah look, you flip of a coin there, but I think AFC team, I've got to not go with them. <laughs> so, look, talking of AFC, and I think I can talk about this game in a, in a reasonable manner now. I think oh, can you? Game, can you? Oh, you left a few steam, have you? Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. a, little, a little bit. I think the last, for the probably an hour or so afterwards, I was furious. But I actually, like, yeah, look, Bengals, Ravens, Bengals got away with a 24 17 win. The defense only gave up 17 points. And I think that's really good. But I think if you're expecting to win a game 18 17, 17 14, I think you're absolutely kidding yourself. I think if you look at all these games here, the winners scored 24 points or higher. I think mm. you've got to be able to put the points on the board in, in, in the playoffs. We're looking at 41-23, 31-30, 34-31, 34 24-24. Ours was 24-17. still put up 31 points and beat the Buccaneers. So obviously the Buccaneers putting out 14 points is just nowhere near good enough. I think the expectations probably were potentially a little too high with Tyler Huntley under center. He played, I thought he played very well. He started the game pretty poorly with the intercepts and, I think the play calling really failed them. I think we saw that with J.K. Dobbins after the game, just venting his frustration. So I don't actually know what the fallout's going to be from this game. I think I'm hoping to see Greg Roman go, Harbour is one that could also be on the chopping block. I don't know if he will. We've got a press conference on Thursday, their time. Okay. So that'll be an interesting Him and the GM are doing a press conference together. So that it could be very interesting, but they might get a lot of questions about Lamar. So maybe that's why they've got the GM sitting there as well with the coach. But I think the Bengals... Not that we worked them out. I actually don't think they were that great. I think we dominated most facets of the game for a lot of the game, but we were just poor execution and then that turnover and great defensive play by them. But yeah, look, I think Bengals were, I wouldn't say the better team, but the better squad overall. Yeah, well, I mean, Joe Burrow just got sacked a whole heap again. So I think that certainly didn't help him. His line was, he was just getting pressured so much, doesn't he? And it's just whether his line seems to turn up or not, and that's when they can have a good game. But, I mean, really, long-term, I think the Bengals showed that they're quite, um, you know, they're good offensively when they get a roll on. You know, he was quite clinical. What did he throw for? It was like 
23 of 32, um, which is pretty good. Yeah, but only for 209 yards. yards. So it wasn't a huge game and like only 40 on the 50 on the ground exactly hey, that's yeah. correct we we lost it i mean I, I think it's one of the first but they've only given up 200 we only got gave up 250 yards of offense and we lost and i think that's been part and parcel of over the years i think games have been defensively very good which is ravens football but offensively we cannot put it together and i wasn't surprised with tyler huntley under center but the fact that we were so close and our rushing game was so good and then they move away from it i think that's what frustrates me yeah, and I don't know why when you've got like, I mean, it's Tyler Huntley's not bad, but he's a backup no. quarterback and you've got a running game, which is clearly working. I don't know why you don't continue with that, especially when it is a cold, it's a night game as well. So obviously the air is not the amazing place to play in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you you just go away from a guy that is clearly playing well. Like Dobbins has been unreal this whole year, hasn't he? And like just being able to truck nut. And especially when you're on that one yard line, to go for the QB sneak with one of the smallest guys on the field yep. was just outrageous. Oh, it's a stupid play. And uh, it wasn't just that. There was a lot more down the end of the stretch of the game. Like our clock management towards the end was absolutely shit. Yes, we called a timeout on an incomplete pass, which is just, that just is dumb. But I just, I think, I don't know if it sets the blueprint for the Bills to go against the Bengals. And I don't know, but I actually feel like the Bengals might match up better against the Bills. Than yeah, what we might have, or what they do seem to match up really well against him. But we played soft coverage on Jamar Chase, and I actually didn't mind it. I think he had 12 targets, nine catches. He was getting plenty of the ball, but he wasn't breaking off those huge runs. Longest catch of 19 yards, which is decent, but it's not like that. Mm. None of them had a big long distance catch. 19 yards was the furthest completion of the whole game for them. I think if you play a soft coverage on him and you just sort of wrap them up, don't let them break those tackles, there could be a way to sort of limit their scoring. Yeah, just keep them in check, I suppose. Look, moving forward, as you sort of mentioned, Roman probably would want fired. Lamar, we're assuming, gets re-signed because, I mean, going off his injuries, if he goes and tests the open market now, he's not going to get anywhere near what he could get at the Ravens, I'm assuming. Well, yeah, that's uh, a hard one because, I mean, it's been thrown around so much now. What team is he going to be on? Look, this is the yeah. favourite for him to be on next year, which I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, people are just blowing it well out. So, yeah, look, I don't no. know. He, he stays, surely. But, I mean, like, do you look at like getting like an offensive guru in or like, do we just say, all right, Lamar, we're going to pay you, but we're going to have to run you with some like XFL wide receivers again. Or do we <laughs> um, like, do we fix a line? Like how do we make him the best possible player? Because I think like, obviously going forward, he is an ex MVP. He's shown that he can be like a good quality running and throwing quarterback. So a genuine dual threat which mm. is sort of unheard of a lot in this league. You know, maybe Jalen Hurts is probably the next best at it. But outside of that, he's, he's quite a talent. So, I mean, where do you build around him? And I suppose, obviously, wide receiver is a big one. But do they sort of have the money to go out and tap into the market? They've just paid Roquan Smith. They're going to have to pay Lamar. Mm. Um, I don't know. What are, you, what are you sort of thinking about? Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of work to be done. I'm kind of scared that we do go after wide receiver again. In the first round, we've done it a lot of times before and we've had not much success. Bateman is still one I'm on the fence about. He can be very good, whether he's wide receiver one or whether we try and go out and get a wide receiver one or draft another. I think they're going to dip in somewhere. They've got to dip in somewhere. Like we're so low in that part of the game, but there's other positions we probably need. Marcus Peters' contract's coming up, so we may go and get ourselves a corner instead just to fix that hole and pay someone a lot cheaper. We'll restructure a few contracts. I think Roquan's probably getting not much next year, but it back ends. And then you could probably restructure Marlon Humphreys. You could probably restructure Stanley's to make some money. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is one they've thrown around, but I think that contract's pretty high. And will that fix our issues? 
Yeah, he, he'd be a pretty expensive one. I think you'd probably be looking at like, you'd have to look at a mid-tier guy. And yeah. that's what I mean, especially like going off the price of the wide receivers last year and likely the heightening of those contracts. Mm-hmm. Your, your, mid-tier, your mid-tier guys could be costing you a high-tier guy. And it's just, do you have sort of the spare cash flowing around? that you could spend on that like probably not hey no and that's why i think we go to the draft and that's where i'm scared because i think a lot of them fall in the first round i think we can talk about the draft before we go on after we finish this and before like, we go yeah on like you'd have to reach games. for one wouldn't you yeah we would and i think a lot of teams are probably going to reach for one and there's going to be a lot of guys fall off the board pretty quickly and i see us potentially getting big eyes and going for the prize and fail falling short again we'll pick someone that just doesn't pan out you get Smith and Jigba with half a knee still, like on the top no, top ten no, peak. That's better than Sammy Watkins, I'll tell you. <laughs> but yeah, season over for us. Another year, another lead of disappointment. But that's okay. We we move on, and that's fine. We can get into free agency and drafts now. That's the most exciting part of the year, isn't it? But yeah, look, we've got one game to go. We have got the Cowboys dusting the Buccaneers. Tom Brady's career is it over? I don't reckon so, hey. Like, I think just from what's going on, it sounds like he wants to go around again. Mm. I've been thinking about it, though. With Tampa Bay, if I was Tampa yeah. Bay, I would probably cut ties with him because I think you got a, you got a Super Bowl. You had a good run. I think it's time to sort of part ways and go, all right, we're going to look, you know, let's mutually end this relationship. Hey, it's not you. It's not me, but we're just not working together anymore. That's right. How long can you stay tied to this guy? He, yeah, you're right. He delivered a Super Bowl. It's exactly what you wanted. And I don't think he's going to get you another one. And he'll play another year. And you're right. I think there's so much speculation of him going to another team, but I don't know where, like Patriots, Jets, Raiders, San Fran. Well, like, there's so many names being thrown around. Yeah. Well, I think we mentioned like San Fran's probably a no, because I think they're in a perfect spot with Brock Purdy yeah. and Trey Lance. They don't need some guy to come in and push these guys out of the way because they need either Trey Lance to be playing now or they yep. use Brock Purdy for the next year or two, whatever, while he's on a rookie yep. contract. Mm-hmm. I think places like Las Vegas are probably all right. Um, you know, yep. Derek Carr's obviously moved on from there. Um, look, probably wouldn't have him at the Denver Broncos. I think we're stuck with Russell. Um, <laughs> going back to New England seems like a bit desperation play. And again, I like Mac Jones out there, so I think he should probably stay there. A couple of other options. Where were they looking at? I had a photo of it. Oh, my God, if Jets. I get my phone up. Jets would be all right, actually. I don't mind that. The other one was sort of like Titans or the Saints. Ooh. Yeah. Both, so you, both feasible options. I, yes. I mean, I don't see him being in Tennessee. Um, New Orleans is a weird – yeah, I, yeah, you're right. That, that throws a bit of a curveball there. There is a lot weird. of options there. They're Colts. Or the yes, Colts actually. draft one. I think the Colts draft one. I think they've been burnt two years in a row. Hey, what with um, Matty Ryan and that. Yeah. Oh so. my God, yeah. And Rivers. <laughs> so yeah, they've had a shit ass run. They've got to go to someone young. And I think they have to draft one and just hope it pans out. Yeah. Yeah. So like, oh, I'd probably lean towards that. The other one was probably the Dolphins. But I think, again, they got to stick with Tua if they want to keep this going. Like they go well with Tua. That, that, that team is built around Tua. It is, unless they somehow. I mean, there's so much talk of Lamar Jackson where he ends up. Jets. Dolphins, so many things are being yeah. thrown around. The Texans, yeah. like, we'll t- I'll take picks two and twelve, and we'll we'll, we'll shift him on. Oh, you take picks two and twelve for Lamar? <laughs> yeah. No, well, I don't I, think I, I know. Ever... I think I quoted you there. Come on, <laughs> no, that's that's what's being thrown around, and and I don't think we could do that. I don't, I don't see anyone in there that's going to do what he does really in this draft. But there is, you never know. No, not not to be honest, and not at that late. Like you've really got what CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, and after that, I don't think you want to be reaching for Will Levis or bloody Drake May or whatever his name is. Like it's just not worth it. 
No, and that's right. And I think, look, we'll talk about this game, and then I will ask you a question about the quarterbacks coming up in the draft. But, yeah, yeah right. Cowboys, Dak Prescott had a really good day. Brett Maher Huge. had a day to, day to forget, the kicker. Um, but that's okay. They got away with it. Yeah, I think um, long-term, that's going to hang over him for sure. Jerry Jones is going to f- was obviously hanging out with him in the locker room afterwards, mainly waiting for the cameras to move off so he could beat the <laughs> shit out of Brett Maher. I mean, who misses four kicks in a row? Oh. Like, that was shocking. I mean, I... I understand pro sport, yada, yada. But, I mean, when when it comes down to that, I get one miss, but, like, come on. That was four in a row, man. That yeah, is the yips for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, bad. But I saw, yeah, Dak had a bit of frustration throwing his helmet. And I saw someone tweet saying, oh, geez, did Mar throw his helmet every time Dak threw a fucking terrible interception, which was a lot. That's true. He, yeah, Dak does have a bit of catching up to do. I did like his um do you like his bootleg play? That was awesome. Oh, beautiful. That was, real, that was real shades of Peyton Manning, wasn't it? Oh, oh so nice. Just strolling on in. Geez, why don't they run that with Tyler Huntley on the one? Just bootleg and just roll around and steam on in. There's nothing better than a good bootleg, is there? That just oh, phases out just... everyone, cameraman and all are looking to the right, right and you're right, walking into the left. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it just like you just canter. You just walk in, in the canter yeah. and it just looks so smooth. And it's like, geez, we fooled the shit out of you. Yeah, you could get the slowest man on it. Like Ben Roethlisberger could make a bootleg look fast. <laughs> like that's how good that play is. Yeah, it's unbelievable. As soon as I saw it, I'm like, fuck, I'd love if we'd done that. If, we, if we'd if t- we tied up the game or sealed up the game with a bootleg, I would have been so happy. Oh, man, imagine that. Just nothing better than a bootleg. I can't get enough of it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, if I'm playing Madden, I'm calling bootlegs all day. <laughs> Boot him out. But no, I think is is it easy enough to say that like Prescott and the Cowboys, like that's the first Cowboys away win in like a whole century or something. Like is the curse broken now? Oh, it's hard to say. Like one win, yeah, it breaks the curse. But yeah, like it, I didn't think the Buccaneers, as we said, coming out of the NFC South, it was piss weak. I think yeah. the Buccaneers really weren't that good. A lot of people wanted to tip them. I'm like, what are you tipping them for? They were yeah. very average all the way through the season. They were stinkers, weren't they? And I think it, it just, I mean, and you look at like what the Cowboys have done, like their defense is rock solid. I mean, they probably got the MVP on there. Oh, mm-hmm. no, nah, actually comes second. But like still, Micah Parsons is elite there. You've still got Diggs who, as much as he does like getting burnt every now and again, he is still a decent corner. So there is some good weapons on there. Oh, yeah. Um, and they certainly came down and showed Brady. That that interception at the back of the end zone was good too. I enjoyed that. Like oh, he's that was excellent. Yeah. Oh, stink throw <laughs> oh it's woeful but look that's that's it's a sum up at the end of his career and and look I'm, I'm happy for the cowboys it's been such a long time for them i know a lot of people don't like them i'm not a huge fan of them but i'm not also one of those people that absolutely despises them yeah it's sort of the lesser two evil isn't it like tom brady losing cowboys losing i mean it's sort of a win-win really for you yeah it is but look that that ties up a pretty bloody good weekend of football i think we've started off the playoffs with an absolute barnstormer of games I don't think any of them really disappointed, to be fair. So that's an exciting week. And I was talking to you about you just before, and we were talking about the draft, and we're talking about quarterbacks. Mm. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen now. The Texans have given up pick one. There's going to be a lot of movement. There's a lot of QB carousels this season. If you were to look at the draft, and we just saw CJ Stroud did commit the other day to the draft. If you could rank your top five quarterbacks of this class going in one to five, who, where would you have them and who would you have? Because they're probably all going to go in the first round or early second maybe. Yeah, so what do you got? I'd probably go Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. I think I got to go Levis three, um, yeah. and then you know, probably May four, and then 
Is May? I don't know if May is in this year. I think May's got another year to play. Yeah, I I believe he's got one more year to play because I think next year's class is pretty bloody stacked. Like it's unreal. Like some of those guys that are still floating around. I mean, because that was the talk. Like there was a talk. I don't know. For some reason, you know how like when you're on Facebook and like you click on a couple of news articles and then suddenly like it seems to think that you want to see stuff from that page all the time. Yeah. So around around playoffs time, I was looking up some um, Buckeyes uh, fan pages or whatever. So, anyways, I get a lot of them now. Um, oh, so they're god. very pro Ohio State. Oh <laughs> anyway. my god, yeah, the passion is fucking crazy. <laughs> anyway, so a lot of them seem to have this idea in their head that NIL was going to get um. CJ back and I was like far out. If imagine if he went back, like that would really show the power of NIL. If a guy oh, that was literally going to be like the second best player in the draft, yep. probably a top five pick, um, would go back to college for another year, like guarantee himself almost a number one pick. But like the money must be that good. Well, yeah, I mean you go. I mean there is yeah three prongs there. I mean you guess you fight for a championship because the team is very good. Yep, and you're making it even stronger. The money's very decent, and I mean, would he? We don't know. I mean, this class next year could be good. We he automatically be guaranteed number one pick as a QB, or is there other guys there? Like you said, May before and a few others. Uh, May's like probably Taylor not there. Williams, Taylor Williams is a big one. Yeah. yeah. Um, who else is around? I mean, if DJ Ungalalele pulls his head out of his ass, oh, he Jesus. could be all right. Oregon State, yeah. man, he could go. Um, let me have a look. I had another photo of this. I deleted it the other day. What are we looking at? You're looking at looking Caleb at... Williams. Yeah, you're right. Drake Mays next year. Quinn Ayers, if he plays well. Shadur Sanders, who moves across from Jackson State. Uh, oh, Bo Nix has Spencer another Rattler. year. Yeah, Spencer Rattler's one. Bo Nix as well. Another year at Oregon, potentially. Um, Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels, yeah. Yep. Tyler Van Dyke out at Miami as well. People always like him. So The dark um, pig from Old Miz, Jackson Dart. Yeah. Well, actually, he's gone. No, oh, Ken, he, he, no, he no, on? he didn't. It was Ken Slovis that moved. He's gone to BYU, nah, right. I think. He went from like, yeah. so he's played like, um, where did he go? He went to Pitt, that's right. <laughs> now he's gone to BYU. Oh, um, journeyman. I'm pretty, well, actually, I'm pretty sure um, JG Daniels has gone somewhere else as well. So he had Yes, yeah, like, so he went somewhere ridiculous, yeah. Oh, my God. And he's almost played in all Power 5 conferences like that. <laughs> that's a journeyman. Oh, isn't it? But yeah, look, if I was to round, it's I'm so bullish on Will Levis. I'm really not sure. People seem to love him, and I feel like the Colts are such a Colts pick if they take him. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I don't see it, to be honest. Like, Because, I mean, he was good, but and that Kentucky team was actually all right for part of the year. Mm-hmm. But, like, just moving into that NFL, I thought he had, he didn't, he didn't make enough production for me, like to to make it so like next level. You know how when they like go to the next level, obviously their production takes a hit because they're obviously yeah. playing against faster. And I just don't think like he had like such bigger production in like the touchdowns and yards for me that it wouldn't be able to you know make it cross to the next level. Yeah, that's wrong. It's going to be interesting because I'm like, oh yeah, he really didn't show out a lot in in college. But is he one of those guys they've just seen and they're like, yep, yeah, he'll just translate and it's going to work, or is he one of these guys that can't put it up? But yeah, mm. for me, it'd be Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Levis, and then it's tough from there. I think yeah. there's, they might not pick any for a while, but there's talk of Anthony Richardson, who I didn't really think was that good. He he shouldn't even be leaving college to be honest. Like he should be yeah. playing another year. Yep. Agreed. Hennon Hooker, Stetson Bennett's there, and then there's a few other guys in between there. Tanner McKee from Stanford, guy from BYU, and then just another tongue of Iloa and our man, Jakey Hayner. So, yeah, look, the drop-off is pretty quick after you get through those first three. Yeah. but uh, yeah. The tongue of Iloa, brother, he's all right. Where was he? Out of Maryland, I think, Maryland, or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, he wasn't too bad. He'd pop up every now and again on um, Top 10 Sports Center. 
Um, Stetson Bennett, I think, could play well. He'd be a good backup. Hendon Hooker will be the interesting one. The way he comes back from his knee, uh, mm. that'll really judge him. I think he could have been a high pick. Like, uh, I think regardless, he might have been like a late first rounder, probably second rounder to be safe. Yeah. But this knee, that could make things a lot more interesting from him. And I think he'll probably get picked up, but he'll drop a fair bit for it. Yeah, absolutely. The bit, I feel like the most interesting one, and we're going away from quarterbacks here, is the. I mean, we're staying with the draft, but wide receiver, the market I think is going to absolutely fall in the first round. Looking here, I, this isn't ranked in particular order, but it could also be Quinton Johnson from TCU, mm. Jalen Hyatt, Jordan Addison from um, USC, Smith and Jigba, Josh Downs. These could all go in the first round. Then you've got guys like Marvin Mims, Rasheed Rice, Xavier Hutchinson, Zay Flowers, like Tillman was still pretty good. Yeah, it, it's pretty deep. I think the wide receiver one is deep, which makes me a bit happy, but I reckon yeah, people are going to reach for these ones. Well, you kind of have to. I mean, because as much as there's like, there's a big depth chart there of like wide receivers and you could get plenty of them. Like we saw last mm. year, once the first couple went off the board, everyone was like trying to scrounge for one, weren't they? Oh, uh, like when yeah. you talk about like when Drake London went and all that, everyone was just like running for the hills to get a wide receiver. Yep. Oh yeah, they certainly will. So yeah, that's right. As soon as one goes... Everyone panics and it just falls so quickly. But I think those are the two positions that could jump really quickly. So if you're looking for a defensive player, you could be in a bit of luck. Yeah, no, it's your you for the defense, isn't it? Oh, 100%. So, look, that will move us on to the divisional round starting on this Sunday. We've got Sunday and Monday games. Jags Chiefs to kick us off. Chiefs win. Easy. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think the Chiefs. I keep people. I guess people keep writing them off. They keep saying like, yeah, they're, like they're not going to be any as good, but they just keep proving everyone wrong. I think they could potentially go all the way. I, I think I don't know if I had them or Bills going all the way. I'd be happy with either. Um, but yeah, I think I think the Jags run ends here, like you just said. Yeah, I, I have Bills going all the way, but I think Chiefs will certainly. The run will go through Chiefs. Um, obviously, they have to pay for the neutral side, which might help the Bills if they do get through. But I just think, look, Jags played their grand final that second half last week. They'll be gassed. Chiefs have had the week off. They'll have been able to prepare. Cold. And yeah, exactly. So they'll be ready to go and they'll just flog them, I think. Um, looking forward to that, though, I suppose, because it'll just, I know, even if they got to come out and they still got to win, but I think it'll be a good tune up for the Chiefs moving forward because obviously the harder road was on the other side of the draw, wasn't it? You look at like Bills, Bengals. Mm. But Miami and all that, they've had to like absolutely grind their way and they're going to have to grind their way again. And you look at the Chiefs and they're just getting sort of that easy. I don't want to say it, but it is an easier draw. Oh, it definitely is an easier draw. I think they landed with their ass in the butter, but that's what you get for being the top seed. And I think top dog, yeah. With the other game being cancelled and it kind of threw everything out of whack and I think they've got to play someone on it. If it's a Bengals or Bills on a on a neutral field because of that, they, they make it. Yeah, so I believe it goes to Atlanta. Benz is that Atlanta? Yeah. Benz, yeah, yeah. That's Atlanta. Yep, 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 yep. So look, that'll be interesting. But I think for me, if the Jaguars want to have a chance of winning this, I think Travis Etienne will be one that needs yeah. to break the game open. I think the running back's going to be crucial in this game, and I think if he can have a huge game, which he did, and he has been, he's been excellent mm. this year. I've really rated him, and I think he's going to be excellent in the future. That needs to be their, their driving force. Well, I think you've got to avoid having Trevor Lawrence throw 40 times, like 40-plus yeah, times. Sure. That's that's the way. Uh, I think that's basically it. You've got to keep the ball. As much as like he needs the ball in his hands, I understand that. He doesn't need it that much. No, no. You're absolutely right. I think that they can do more not doing that and do a little less. Yeah, less is it. more. Less is more. Uh, correct. Absolutely. But, so, look, yeah, I think both of us have the Chiefs winning this. 
might not be as close as we think, but again, all these games last week were close, so let's hope it is. Moving on to the Giants and the Eagles, the NFC East matchup. Early indications would say Eagles, but mm. Giants turned one on last week. Pretty exciting because I think, look, as much as like the Eagles are, again, another 14-win team, and they're mm-hmm. quite good. I really liked what Hurts did this year. The whole offensive line, the defense as well have been playing well. Been a great team to watch. I really think that the Giants can match up against these guys. Let's like make for make. Um, yeah. you, you know, you look at like if Daniel Jones can sort of play just a quality game like he did last week, he's going to really put some pre- scoreboard pressure on the Eagles. And, and I think that as much as I think they'll be able to keep up, Again, once they start sort of rushing those decisions with a guy like Jalen Hurts, um, it, it can lead to mistakes. For me, I suppose, I think Eagles are a team that blow up teams pretty quickly. Like the fact, the rate that they can score at is is really fast. If they get out to at least a 10-point lead, I think the Giants are going to struggle to reel that back in. I mm. think the way, the explosiveness of the Eagles and how quickly they can get out. But yeah, as you've just said, like Jalen Hurts, if, if they can put pressure on him, and they can, they've got the pass rushes to do it, and if they can put the pressure on really early and put on a few points themselves, I think it's going to be hard to grind out win. I don't think it's going to be potentially high scoring, but I think, I think for me, the Eagles still get away with this one. Yeah. I'd like to see the Eagles get the win, to be honest. I, I'm not going to be biased or anything. Again, it's just like every fiber in my body doesn't want to like lead with the giants. And so I've got to listen to my gut here. Just go to the Eagles. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. So moving on to our Monday slate, we have got the Bills Bengals. Uh, Bills for me, oh, I fucking can't stand the Bengals. I'm so sick of them. I'm over them. <laughs> I want the Bills to win this badly, but I think the Bengals match up pretty nicely against the Bills. Oh, absolutely. I mean, probably the only thing will be like, look, Buffalo should win this game, and it's as much as like the Bengals are a good team. I think it's Buffalo's game to lose. Like if they come mm. out and they make too many mistakes, which obviously they're going to lose, but they're going to keep the Bengals in the game. Whereas if they keep their foot down, you know, you can get into guys like Eli Apple and just cook them on their defense. Like you saw him last week. He got absolutely baked multiple times. If you can pick on him and you don't go away from that, you can really sort of put the pressure on the Bengals. Mixon's an all right back, but, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to have to use their passing game to get over you. So you can, like, work on the pass rush, force them over the top. Um, and I think if you, as you said, you give maybe soft coverage to Chase so he doesn't burn you on the outside and then you just lock down the other guys, you can really prevent them from getting any momentum. Yeah, there's definitely a game plan for the Bengals. I think the Ravens have sort of set that up. And if they other teams can execute it, they definitely can knock them out. I think the fact that they can score so quickly and if you can limit that scoring to, I mean, we come to 17 points on defense, I think you're every chance of winning most games against them. Yeah, you're still living that they only scored 17 points against you. Oh. Yeah, well, look, I, yeah, yeah, you're right. I am technically, that. technically, those last 17, those last seven points can just do one. But yeah, that that's that's how it rolls. But yeah, look, I think I think Bills Chiefs matchup in Atlanta would be really just what we came to see for the AFC matchup. Oh, absolutely. I don't doubt that everyone wants to see that. Do we see? Is this the first time that you reckon we'll get a chance to see the new overtime rules? Possibly. Um, I don't think this week. I think AFC champion or one of the championship games, I reckon that will come down to it. I yeah, think no. this week, I think the teams will sort of get it done. Not too close, but close enough. Bit of a push forward. So then we talk about streaks. Uh, Cowboys 49ers, streak dead or Cowboys go away with another away win? Oh, I, I actually, the more I look at this, <laughs> it's hard because I think the 49ers defense is so good and I think they're going to match up pretty well against the Eagles if they meet the Eagles. 
Mm. I think as we've talked about just before, the pressure that can be put on Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense, the 49ers are probably going to do the best job at that. I think defensively, they're probably the best in the league. Um, I keep looking at the Cowboys and something keeps telling me, geez, the Cowboys could get this done. I have tipped the 49ers and I will stick with the 49ers, but there's something about the Cowboys matching up this week against them that I think could cause a little bit of an upset. I think the 49ers get away with this one, to be honest, because they'll look the pressure, as you said, the pressure they can put on Dak is going to force him into mistakes. Um, mm, he's going to, he's going to need to throw it 40 or 50 times uh, because just between the running game, like Elliot, I don't think he's going to be able to make, like Elliot's going to have to make an impact, but I don't think he will against this 49ers defense. Pollard will pop no. up and chip in with a nice 50 or 60 or whatever, but it's yeah. got to be the carry on that Elliot needs. And he hasn't been able to do that in strong ways. Like, yes, he's scored touchdowns or whatever, but like they're one or two yard runs at the goal. goal exactly. Line. They're red like, zone ones. Yeah. Yeah. Any idiot with his weight and speed should be able to fall over and score those touchdowns. So I think the fact is that he hasn't been able to produce sort of like the the bulk amount of runs that they've needed to control the game, um, and that's going to be what they need to break down the 49ers' offense and prevent Dak from throwing 50 times. But I just don't see that happening. No, I think you're right. I think defense is going to rule this game, and I think, yeah, I think that's it. The 49ers are just going to keep just keep rolling. I think they'll, they'll roll through to the championship game and that's where I, I keep seeing Purdy falling down but the defense I think is just what's going to keep him rolling I think it's going to be so hard to beat them unless you're the Chiefs who can put up shitloads of points yeah and that's where we see in the Super Bowl which I'd love to see I think that would be phenomenal but <laughs> I, I don't know if we, we could be getting there but I don't know you're getting your head yourself mate two or two weeks away uh, I'm excited have you taken enough work for that yet not yet, but uh, it'd be an easy one. I have to say, look, I'm not going to be sorry, champ. Um, yeah. but we'll, we'll take that one off. We'll do, do we're, we're on. I've already said my last day will be the 10th, so I'm on. I'm on. <laughs> we're good. Yeah, it's it, look, it sets up to be a good one. Hopefully, it's a nice warm day and we can sit down in the sun and enjoy the game. But yeah, look, we'll focus on this week. I think I don't see too many upsets this week. I think for me, it's pretty much the favorites going through. Um, but being playoff football, we know anything can happen. Anything can happen, baby. Well, let's get stuck into them. What do you reckon? Uh, we will catch you guys uh, on the next week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for letting us in your crib. It's been real. <laughs>